Welcome to the Magic Hour, a safe haven for lost stories and curious folk. Surprise! This is a mini gremlin sketchbook session. It's a little moment in time <laughs> where artists like us can share about our creative processes. My solo show, The Seabird's Dream, just opened on December 1st here in Pittsburgh, and I asked my friend Vanessa, who has joined us before on the podcast, to interview me about the experience. Thank you, Vanessa, for helping me process this on the Magic Hour. <laughs> I'm so excited to have this conversation with you because you told me a little bit about your show, but I've been holding off on really getting into the deep stuff with you, so I'm mm -hmm. looking forward to this. Um, you did rate me some of your initial thoughts, and I kind of discerned some themes. And one theme I noticed is your mapping of this show experience from beginning to end, putting together this show and having the show with your life cycle and growth as a person, both in a macro way where kind of reaching all the way back to maybe childhood and also in a micro way where, or maybe a more present way um, where you are doing a lot of healing work um, in your life and noticing that one of the ways you're healing is through art and there's a real parallel there too. And I'm really interested in hearing about you, if you could describe how this art show maps on to your life cycle and healing and um, also where you end, where, where you are now. Thank you. Yeah, that's a really important um, piece of this that I realized in the aftermath. It was really weird after the show was over. I, it took me a few days to figure out what was going on in my head. I couldn't figure it out. And I finally started writing everything down. And I've been thinking a lot about death lately in general on different levels. Some of it about ultimately how we all die and about that whole thing, which is huge, but also about the cycles, little mini cycles we deal with in everything in our lives. So um, relationships, not even just them ending, but just like cycles within them, um, challenges we have in life. And so when I thought about this show, I knew going into it that when it ended, I'd be sad. Like I knew going into it that when the opening night ended, I would hit, I would hit like a, a sad place. Cause I just know that's kind of how I work. And I was a little bit prepped realizing that I, I recognized that once I released this and it was over, that it would be an ending essentially. Not that I would stop making art, but this idea, this like experience I've been trying to create has finally been created. And I really am truly proud of it. And it feels like I finished a chapter and there's a little grief associated with that. So you know, it, it's, there was a birth. It birthed itself when I was in college. It had a childhood. It had an adulthood. And then it moved on on December 1st. Um, and so I've been working with this concept and this idea, like I said, since I, I feel like it's been almost 20 years. And it's changed so many times and I've watched it grow and I've accepted um, its evolution and I've stopped working on it for a while. Um, so I'm really grateful actually 
when I thought about this, that I was prepared for the, the grief I would feel. And I understood why, because I was prepared for the fact that with that joy and like um, happiness and gratitude that it was being completed was also this, okay, so now it's time to let it go and let it, and let it go on now. Now it's in the world. Now people can see it, process it. It's no longer so close to me anymore. It's free. And it doesn't feel like it's gone. It's always going to be mine, but it's not the same anymore, if that makes sense. So, yeah. And then when you said, I love how you said mapping onto my personal self. I'm also going through a lot of revelations about my own mental health and my own brain and doing a lot of work. And that's finally kind of coming to the surface and being dealt with in a really great way. And it was interesting how it coincided with this. They, it felt, I didn't do it on purpose, but it felt synergistic. It felt like with that confidence that I built with creating that and with that energy, I was able to kind of move through something that's a little indescribable and then shift into something else that was important, which will probably inform my next body of work. So yeah, I hope that made sense. Well, if I could, okay. if I could reflect to you as your friend who's known you for a while, um, yes. that makes sense to me in the, because this is something you've been working on. Similar to your mental health, it's like it's not like you haven't been working on it. It's not like you haven't been understanding and finding tools the whole time because you have. And it's sort of similar with this show with this body of work it's like you've absolutely been working away at it for what decades (laughs) and yeah and similar to like it's it's coming into this really realized place with this show and I feel like that's kind of what's happening with your understanding of yourself too is that you're it's not that you weren't understanding yourself but you are it's like this new phase of realization and hope and like I don't know like it's coming more into the world similar to your art yeah and to thank you and to link in with that you know there was a there was an actual physical thing that happened too where I got sick during that process I ended up getting ill Mm -hmm. I'm just finally, my cough is finally almost gone. And I was coughing and exhausted throughout the whole process and near the end. And I was so worn out by the end. And so it was just this like full body experience. Um, and I feel like it's, it's sad to me a little that I'm presenting this as if it was like miserable or something. And it wasn't, it was amazing, but I guess I needed to address that there was a weight to it. It wasn't all like fun and games. It was like, this really laborious process when you're balancing a day job and you're doing this thing that sometimes feels, why am I doing this? Um, And spending tons of money I really don't have on this thing that feels really important. And then suddenly you're standing there and it's done and you're in it and you're like checking in. Wow. Who am I now? I'm not quite sure, but I'm not the same. I feel like I just, something in me kind of died or changed permanently that I've been obsessing over for a long time. And that's like a, but, but at the same time, now that I'm saying that it's almost relief, it's almost a relief that I finally let it go 
And I'm realizing that as I'm releasing my art into the world more, there's this like really weird place where you give something to someone and they give you money for it. And you're like, I almost want the art, artwork more, but at the same time, letting it go leaves more room for me. So oh. it's actually a healing experience. When I really look at it, it's been like a healing experience. So, yeah. I'm noticing this theme also of, of magic and heaviness. And I would say like, that's kind of like light and dark. And yeah. I also think this would be a good chance to describe for your listeners who might not have seen your artwork, although I'm sure on your Patreon, you will have hopefully some pictures, um, mm -hmm. but some, you know, maybe a little description could fit into this too. And I, I know when I look at your artwork and your, your mollusks, um, I, I feel like there is like obviously such lightness to them because they're beautiful and kind of like sparkling with the lights behind them. And there's like a light colored fabric that you use. And there's also a sense of depth and darkness, not only because some of them are actually dark, but it feels like you've dove, I've, I've dove down into the depths of some water to get to where I am. It's like another world. It's probably below us. It doesn't feel like it's up in the clouds. It feels like it's in the sea. And so I feel like there is a dark light interplay in your work. Um, even though it's like not what you would think of as dark art at all, it, it, it has that feeling. And I'm also hearing you describe the process itself that got you through, like through this whole thing as having dark and light elements. So um, maybe you want to take that from there. I do want to take that. Yeah. I really love hearing you describe it. That's really cool. Um, Cause I describe it so much. I get sick of it. And then I'm like, Oh, I, I find it much more interesting. When other people talk about it. Um, and just to clarify, I don't have a Patreon. Um, oh, I understand. So don't be sorry. Oh, at Substack, all. Um, Substack, right. I have Substack. Yeah. And I have my website. Okay. Um, I haven't done the Patreon thing yet, but, but yeah, anyway, I was just clarifying, yeah, but, um, sorry, I meant Substack. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah. What you just said was perfect. Um, I, it really is essentially a balance and it's about, it's born of, a, of multiple things. It's born from my own mental makeup. I, I have OCD. I have this mental quote disorder that I've had since I was a child and I've had anxiety and some trauma. So my patternings and the things I've made were a result of that repetitive ruminating energy that my brain just has naturally. Um, but I also have a deep connection to nature and I grew up near the ocean and also in the woods, kind of a little bit of both. And so those things have always kind of just been part of my makeup. So they're always in my mind. And, you know, when you're in art school, you're trying to find your voice. And I told the story in the article that was released, but I think it's worth sharing again that when I was in high school, my art teacher identified that I really liked spirals and drawing them everywhere and clustering them together. And she said, it was brilliant. She said, I think you need to pay attention to that, which is I, that, that, whole, that one little moment has stuck with me. And I, it struck me that that's important for me as an educator too, that you, you look at those things, you notice the things someone is doing and you're like, letting them know to pay attention because it's hard to know when you're in it to pay attention. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I follow this. I think subconsciously, I follow this pattern to Ireland. I happen to go there in college and spirals are a huge part of that culture. And 
I wasn't thinking that at the time, but now looking back, it makes perfect sense that I followed that, the energy of that symbol, which represents so many things. And, and there's not really even any spirals anymore on the designs I do, but they're all circles. And um, so the circles are layered on this flannel canvas that I've stretched. I don't paint on it. It's meant to, it's playing with light. It's playing with translucency and there are shapes layered on the front and the back of the canvas. And I've started install, I started installing lights on them, which added depth. And now they are multi-layered in a way, entranceways, portals. And when you said it's definitely not in the air, you're right. It's, it really isn't. It's underground. Either it's under the sea or it's underground in caves. And there's real cool magic in there. And I really love not knowing quite what it is. Like it's ex- it's an exploration. It's emotive. It's an emotional experience. It's like you're going in there and you're feeling things and you're experiencing and you feel safe and there's a sense of mystery. And the other part of this is I really feel like these pieces, I'm always writing about working in tandem with my environment. I do feel like where I was in Ireland it was like a gift from the land. However that works, however that synergy works between us and the land we're on, it informed me and it is why they look the way they do. So I don't take full credit in the sense that I feel like I was gifted those some of that energy and I'm grateful for that. And I had to trust in that and make sense of it, um, which I'm only now doing now that this has all come together. This kind of goes right into this idea that you identified that traits that have frozen you before have kept you frozen and kept you from moving forward have then been the same traits that have helped you. Um, Yeah. So you were talking a little bit about um, things like having high standards or being tenacious or a little little obsessive and that those those things actually helped you. You really like plugged into those when you were doing your show and they've also gotten in your way in the past. So um, I think that also relates to this healing journey and you use the phrase when you, in your writing that it was like a release of muscle memory when you finally finished. So I was wondering if you wanted to talk about that journey a little bit emotionally from sometimes getting hindered by these traits and then, using them as a benefit and and having this feeling of release of your vision and your voice. Yeah. Yeah. So like this whole initial thing was fraught with doubt. I, no one understood what I was doing. I didn't even fully understand. And I was breaking the rules. I was using materials in an unconventional way. Um, which I've spoken about before, and that took courage. And um, it it makes me feel compelled to always say, if anyone's making art, you should trust in the thing that's working for you because that's important. Um, But it was torturous for me. And I also for a long time thought that it really wasn't worth my time or energy because it was stupid. Like it was just a stupid idea. So for me to have and also I struggled with focus and sticking with something. So everything that I initially released at that first year in college, that end, that final year in college, when I did my first iteration of this project, it was called the same thing. It was called the Seaward Stream. It was all half done. It was not finished. And I've, it was tortured me for years and I felt terrible about it. And it was, I was very self-deprecating and I was always like, um, you're lazy. You're, 
you're ridiculous. You can't do this. And that is not true. You know, when I look at this whole um, project done, and when I say done, there's more to it, but this iteration of it is done. It's finally complete. And um, I am tenacious and I am obsessive and I almost to a fault. And I, I have really high standards, almost unreasonable, like almost like um, it does hinder me, which is something I'm starting to deal with. I think I think I could enjoy this a little bit more. Um, but I, but I do, I am proud of that energy a little because I really did hold myself to a very high standard. And so when I stood in the gallery that night and I looked at it all, I felt good. Like, I felt like you did it. You stuck through it. You sat with this work and you finished it. You didn't give up. And I also timed it out really well. You know, you were a part of it. You were, you were talking to me a lot during the whole time. So like, I was really... I really rectified what I had initially not really done well when I didn't have a better handle on my mental and emotional health and my physical health. So it is healing in this full circle way that I, I've grown up. I proved myself wrong. I showed myself that with the tools and the hard work, you can learn how to um, rein in and um, be more in control of the things that make it working challenging for you. Cause everyone works differently, right? Like I think part of why I like sharing this is for other people because First of all, it's fascinating for me to reflect on, but also if you don't understand yourself, you won't get over these hurdles and become a better version of yourself or really achieve what you're dreaming of. So if you find out who you are and what makes you tick and the things that happen in your mind, you can be more in control. And it was really cool and satisfying for me to see that I finally managed to do that Um, now that I understand my own neurodivergence. And so, um, and it was, it was heavy lifting. Like I remember sitting in front of my canvases being like, all right, this is it. Like you have to get this done. You have three more weeks and it has to be finished and you are paying for this gallery. You're, I have to pay to have my work there. You have to pay. Don't waste that money, you know, like, and it was a whole other, the stakes were higher. And I, and I had these few moments where I panicked where I was like, I can't do this. And also this is no good. And I, kept going this time. So that's a really big deal. And, um, and I want, I would like it if other people, it wouldn't take as long, you know, I, um, it's, it's a shame how long it took, but it did happen. And I've worked hard to get there. So I think that, I think that answers the question that you, or what you wanted me to reflect on. It almost seems like your artwork is, has become a reflection of your stage of life. Yeah. Like the, the like getting started and already being connected to these things in college, but not finishing and having all this doubt and thinking it's stupid and putting it down and keep coming back to it. And then having it like really fully fleshed, fleshed out now at a time when you're stepping more into your own voice as a person. Um, I wanted to ask you about, so you said you think you could have enjoyed it more. I did notice moments when I was speaking with you where you would sometimes feel like it felt like enjoyment. It felt like there were moments of like pride or joy or like, oh. um, and I want, I was wondering, maybe we could take a moment to just celebrate what did feel good um, in both the internal and external. So I want to know <laughs> what felt good for you in the in your, in your heart as you were working uh, through the whole process and when you were at your show, your opening, 
And I also would like to hear about what felt good as far as external validation and, and external connection. And we can get to actual collaboration in our next question. That might be a good segue. But right now, I just mm-hmm. want you to focus purely on like what felt awesome. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> Thank you. Smart move. Um, I remember coming into my bedroom where all my work was and having moments of just joy of the soft color of the flannel and the satisfaction of the drawing of the designs and um, the kind of, it's half when I'm making these, it's very intuitive. There's no real plan. I just put these shapes on the canvas and respond to them and I'm gluing them on and I'm drawing and I'm, and, and because I'm making a repetitive shape, all of them are slightly different because they're organic and I'm, and I'm organically creating them. I'm not, there's no real, like they must be symmetrical. It's not none of that. Like I'm thinking natural environment, natural shapes and seeing what would appear because you're not really, you're just, you're making a lot, you're going over and over again. So cool designs would come through and then I would start using those. And it was this like kind of chain reaction because I was making so much. So that energy is intoxicating and it feeds off of itself self-sustaining. So that was a really cool feeling. Um, seeing all of them in one space and how many I'd made and how that felt was really, cause it was making in my room, it was this immersive like feeling and um, the excitement of prepping and knowing it was coming and announcing it with pride. That was a really thrilling thing. Seeing my poster that I designed that I made and paid for with money I made from selling my art um, hanging that in front of the gallery and also paying the deposit for the gallery for money I made with my art. That felt incredible. That felt so, I don't know how to explain. It just felt really powerful. I felt powerful. And then, and like taking care of myself. And then, um, the, the support, uh, you know, I, one of the things I was writing about and that I was thinking about was in this was, I wasn't, I mean, I was isolated working on it, but I had like multiple people holding me up in different ways throughout the process over years of time. Um, and you, Rudo, other people were on the phone with me. I remember at one point I was on the phone with Rudo. She's like, keep going, you know, cause I was like, ah, I'm so tired, you know? And, um, I just kept going. Um, Neil from Wick Monet, he, just kept encouraging me and being really supportive and making me feel really welcome. And um, Josh, my partner in the background, just like picking things up for me, carrying things, giving me feedback. Um, Just, I, I felt very, it was very, it was a community situation. I was doing the work, but I would, I needed that support and it was amazing. It felt really, it felt very validating and I felt, um, supported. It was wonderful. And then that night, like I'm still riding on that wave a little bit. Like that night felt unlike anything I've ever felt before. Something changed in me permanently. I'm a different person now. I'm in this new era of life. I'm about to turn 40. That was something, one of the top things I've ever done in my life. And it was like people from my job showed up, um, friends that I've made through my partner showed up and everyone was just so happy and supportive and glad to be there and hung out and experienced it and sat in the environment. I could not have been more grateful. I could not have been more, 
please. And the whole time I'm like exhausted. My throat is like a mess. I'm like coughing and putting cough drops in my mouth. And like, I just was like, I did it. And I could not be happier at this, at this time. So if you had to describe the emotion with words, how would you describe that feeling? I am here or something. Like, I just felt like I, it's okay. Like I have a right to be here or something. And people are glad you're here too. It was cause I have all these doubts about that all the time. Yeah. And I felt like, Oh, um, yay. Like we are all enjoying this together. And all my self deprecation and my doubts and my inner doubts, it was very, also I kept saying, this is very moving. Like I kept feeling very moved and like the principal of my school came and just was very supportive and encouraging. And he made me cry. Like it was just a very, and also I really enjoyed being seen outside of my work environment because I don't, I'm not a teacher first. I'm an artist. I'm me. And like, I liked being seen for who I, who I am. Like my job is my job and I enjoy it, but like, this is me. And I felt like I was sitting firmly in that and that I was being seen. So it probably healed a lot of things from being a child too, and not feeling that way. You know, like there were so many levels that I probably don't fully understand that were just like boxes were being checked off of like little parts of me that needed to be healed. So, yeah. I'm really glad you got to have the show. <laughs> um, <Me too. laughs> I, you know, I noticed you said it basically it seems like you felt present and like you have a yeah. right to be there. And it's such a simple answer, but that's so profound. That's, you know, yeah. so profound. And, and hearing that you felt like you were seen, I know from talking with you over this last couple of years where you've started to really put your art out there that being seen is not exactly like a completely comfortable has not always been totally comfortable or you know putting yourself out there putting your art out there has not always been like you know comfortable so Mm -hmm. the fact that you feel like not only have you achieved that but you feel comfortable in that and, and happy about it is is huge um, I know that you, this is not what it's about for you at all, um, which is testament uh, or by the fact that you did not mention it, but you also said that you had some good reception in the old fashioned way, just people wanting to support you and being interested in your art. You mean like financially? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so right now we live in a society where that's how you survive and people supported me by buying some things and that felt really amazing. And I want people to buy things. It feels really good. I just, I'm somehow trying to not make it be my entire identity. Um, And that's important to me because I don't, there's this fine line in the art world and I don't want to cross it. And I think, you know what I mean? You're an artist too. And I just, I just don't want to um, make this all about that. Yeah. But at the same time, yes, that was very wonderful. It was very validating. And I'm starting to like realize that a bunch of people this year now have my work in their house, which is like, that's a really interesting, it's like, it's cool. And it's also a little uncomfortable. It's like, I'm still working on that. I got to tell you, like, there's something in there that I need to think about because interesting I don't I don't know if I can fully form that thought yet but it's like a really um it's bold like I think 
I think it's really important to have humility and to never let your ego get super big. I think that's really important for any human being. And I, I've like committed myself to always being a student forever. And I know people say that all the time, but I think that's like what the world needs more of not to sound pretentious, but I think we all could use, but especially our leaders and people in power could really use like, you know, you are always learning. You don't know everything. You should be open to other experiences. And I always want to be that way because I don't ever want to be stuck in some stupid perception that isn't true. I want to always be changing and growing. And that's also how you make more work. So I don't ever want to get caught up in that in a way. Like I'm proud of myself and I'm happy with what I made. And I'm, I think I did a good job, but it was also because of the people supporting me. It was, I couldn't have done it the same way without them. It was, it was definitely a communal experience. And so I'm not just going to be like, it was all me. I'm amazing. I am amazing, but like, I'm also amazing because of the people who love me. And I think that that's really important. And it's also a part of what my show is and what my art is. Like I want it to be an experience for people. It's not just for me. Um, and that might be part of the discomfort is like, I make these things to comfort myself. They're very, they're almost private. So to put them out there, it almost feels like my bedroom is in the art room. You know, mm-hmm. my, my room, my inner world is mm-hmm. my sacred place is now out in the, so that, yeah. Yeah. We can only hope that it's creating comfort and a feeling of sacred place for other people. I hope so. And, yeah. Um, I, I think of the phrase beginner's mind when you talk about always being a student. And I think that's part of like the path to mastery is like always having that. Um, I, I think for someone like you and myself and a lot of artists, it's the, the concern is usually is often not like, Oh, I have to be careful because my tendency is to just want to charge a bunch of money and think of this financially. And I have to like work to curb that. I think it's the opposite. I think the tendency for you and for me and for a lot of people is like, well, this, that's not what my art's about. And it's weird that I'm like putting it into this marketplace in a way. And that's an adjustment, but also like just the journey of getting like asking for what you're worth or like, what does that even mean? What does it mean for what my art is worth? Like, but like I've recently had the you know good fortune of getting paid for some of my artwork and um, it's it's like I, you know what do you charge like like I don't know I spent you know a bunch of time in focus like a lot of time in focus on things so that's worth something but beyond that you know that it, it is such a realm of personal emotional world that it's it is a tricky thing that probably a lot of artists can, can relate to so that's what one of the reasons I brought it up because that is, I feel like it's significant, not just because I'm like, oh, I'm happy you made some money, but it's more like, oh, I'm happy that you are getting further in this process of allowing yourself to make money for this and to like putting yourself out there and getting a response and, you know, I don't know, like wanting to be honored for your value and and having value, whether it's money or whatever, just having a message like this is valuable. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing and something that, yeah, I find, I still find very strange, but I also feel lately, like I've been feeling like, uh, you know what? It's actually growth for me to accept money and like a a decent chunk of money that I know somebody else worked really hard for in exchange for this thing that I poured my heart into and worked really hard for. And it seems like a valuing of self that um, is 
a sign of growth in and of itself. So that I'm happy that that's clicking, that that clicked is part of this show as well for you. Yeah. Beautifully said. Yeah. It's a challenge for all the artists I know. And it's an interesting conversation we always have with each other that I'm meeting who are selling to. And like, I remember when I sold one of my closest, dearest pieces to me, the original of it from that same gallery, um, I was sad because I kept imagining that piece and how much joy it brought me and cold, hard cash. And I liked the piece more, (laughs) but like the cold, hard cash funded the gallery. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because it actually takes money to make art most of the time. So it does. It does. So like, it's just, you know, um, an interesting it's an interesting experience so it's always a work in progress figuring out how it goes and it's also I was just thinking as you were speaking it's two energies colliding like the world of money and the world of art Mm -hmm. they they're side by side and they're very different but we have to kind of make them relate in the reality we live in currently so so you mentioned that one of the things you got from the support from your friends and partner um, is it's helpful to have another perspective. And I imagine that even just being at your show and hearing people's feedback, it's nice to just hear how it lands in the world. And that I think segues nicely into your collaboration um, with Carlos and I'm sure his perspective also was valuable. So can we talk about collaboration? I'd love to. Um, So this was a last minute like thing. So like two days before I really wanted this um, video piece Uh, and I've been starting to delve into putting my pieces into video format and making them move. And that's my next journey, I think, is I really want to work with light projection and my and my color pieces, because, you know, side note, the color pieces that are I'm making are I'm imagining them as the mollusks, which are neutral toned, bursting open and what's inside them. Whoa. So we're going deeper into this world I've made and I'm curious, you know, so I'm playing with that more. So my idea, and I'd already made like hodgepodge together with apps I had with my rudimentary knowledge, put my images together and I posted them on the Instagram, you know, damn that Instagram, like, you know, and, and they were like, they were all right. They, they were showing the general idea of how I wanted them to look. You were going into them, but they were when I, and I had them and I had this thought, maybe they'd look fine at the, on the projector at Wick Monet because that gallery had the, this great um, projector setup, which was so serendipitous, by the way. And, um, but it did not look good. And so um, Josh and I, it's Josh's friend, these actually turns out um, Carlos and me and Josh all went to the same school, SUNY Purchase around the same time. It didn't know each other then. So it was really interesting, but. Um, wow. That's really interesting, especially <laughs> considering the through lines with college that this will show. Yeah. Yeah. This is wild. And so um, I said, do you think we knew, you know, Carlos is a filmmaker and Josh had collaborated with him at one point and acted and helped him with his movie. And so, and I will link to all of Carlos's uh, work, but I said, do you think Carlos would be willing to help us out? And Josh was like, yeah, let's see. And he called him and he was totally willing to, which was so sweet because he has tons of stuff going on. And I spoke with him and I was like, told him my thoughts. And he just very kindly, like just started jumping in and trying to figure it out. And we had two days and I gave him all my stuff and I was starting and it was like, he's starting from scratch. He doesn't know my work. He's never seen it. He has never seen it in person. 
And I'm just like explaining this to him and then sending him images. And it was like two different languages. It was like, and then us learning each other's language. And it was fucking cool. Like it was just like, collaboration is amazing. And, um, and there was a part of me that was like, but I need to be doing this all myself. And I kept thinking, this is okay. Like, this is a tech piece. You know what you want it to look like. You started making it, but you have someone who's an expert willing to really make it flow for you. Cause like, this is not what I, this is not my wheelhouse. I'm, I'm essentially a painter and a fiber artist. I'm not necessarily, I haven't learned that skill yet. And so he like took my stuff and listened to me and sent me stuff. And then I responded. And, um, by the time I sat in the gallery opening night before it was opening like a couple hours before, and I put it on the screen, it, the whole show clicked. It came together immediately. And I was so uh, having a filmmaker's brain on my fine art uh, was a great combination. And um, I also learned a lot because I was like learning what he was doing. I learned about formatting and I learned about maybe what program I should start learning more. And um, (coughs) excuse me. um, It was a, it was a non-chemical high. That's how I described it. And I remember saying to him, like that day I showed it to him and I said, I really appreciate this. You know, I'm going to send him some artwork. And I said, you know, do you remember in college when we used to stay up all night, you know, and that's what we did. Like, I don't know if you did at NYU, but like we would do all nighters and like yes. whole, yep. And there's a real cool vibe with that. It's really bad for you. But like you're in the you're in the zone. You maybe have been partying. Maybe you haven't been managing your time well, or maybe you have, and you're like in this idea, and you can't. You need to be up at night, and you just go, go, go. And he he was like, we didn't do that, but he was like, I was tempted to. I had this like that feeling of like I'm gonna keep going, you know. Um, so it was a buzz. It was like a cool. It was just cool energy. So, um, yeah. It was a really like magical last minute unexpected collaboration that couldn't and it wouldn't I don't think the show would have been to the level it was without his insight and his tech savvy. So I really do, Carlos, I really do appreciate you. And um it was just like really cool that the three of us were at that school at the same time and then ended up collaborating years, years later. Um so I really do love that video and it's on my Instagram and people can check it out and see it and see his other stuff he's done. But yeah, that was a really cool moment for me. I like your description of how, of the part where you were sharing your ideas and opening up and like, you know, like we talk about dream fasting or mind melding or whatever. Sometimes it's like that art process of collaboration can feel like that. And that segues a little bit into, I want to ask you a little bit about going back to your show but also mm-hmm. just generally the specific idea, because you also mentioned it when you were working on your work, but you got to the point where you were surrounded by your art. And I know that you have feelings about this idea of an of a happening or an immersive experience and that you are drawn to that installation aspect. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and if you need a prompt with that, like connecting that to that idea of connecting your mind or opening your mind to a whole other perspective and immersing yourself in something. Do you mean like how I feel about it or what my goals are or like, 
what I imagine it to be. I think the how you feel about it first and then what your goals are next, because I am, I also want to ask you where, where you're headed next. So that might be, that might work out. Perfect. Yeah. So this might even coincide with my thoughts on art as a selfish act. Um, and so like, I've been, I think this will coincide. I, I, cause I wanted to talk about that. I've been thinking a lot about is art a selfish act? Am I selfish? Um, uh, who, who is this good for? Am I doing anything of worth? Those are the questions I was asking. And I talked about this in the last episode we talked about with the art movements and about symbolism. The symbolist movement was a little bit criticized for being decadent, meaning like, why are we obsessing over these beautiful things when there's suffering maybe? And right now I see so much suffering in the world and, um, and my art isn't political and I'm not, I'm not directly like talking about social change. Um, so clearly, but clearly I, this art is helpful and useful for you because we talked about how healing it is. So I just wanted to interject yeah. and say, you're really asking, is this good for anybody else? Exactly. And so I was, and I did a lot of thinking about this and I, uh, you know, so my, what I came to was maybe on some level it is selfish a little, but actually, no, it's kind of not like when it comes really down to it. It's like two things can be true at once. But I I sacrificed a lot. Energy, my health, my money that I – it's not necessarily going to make me anything more um, for something I felt was important. And I, and I think the reward was watching people have that experience. And I noticed – I hope I'm right that people came and they were hanging out with me, which was great, but like, you know, cause we're friends, but they, they hung out for a while and I hoped that it brought them some kind of healing, soothing contemplation. And I think that that's something I'm always trying to give to people because I need it for myself. So I'm being empathetic because I know how I feel and I know other people feel that way. And I'd like to give this moment in time. I'm always trying to slow down. It's hard for me. I'm always trying to, to be in the moment. And with the way the world is, it's so hard. And I think that if we're just in a space and time and we're existing there, beautiful things will come forward. And I, I yes, I hope what I want is for that immersive experience to be a gift for other people. And then for us to like spread that around because I find the world more and more consistently difficult to be in. And I think a lot of people are feeling that way, the pressure and the, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. There's a lot of things happening all over the world and it's very hard. I think everyone's struggling with managing it. It's getting real intense up in here. Like I just feel like things in the world are getting really intense more than they ever have been before. And I, and the thing is, you know, I've always felt that way. I've always had this with the way my brain works and my life, I've always struggled. And so these were always made to comfort me. That was always what their intent was, even if I was just making them for me. And so for me to be able to make that make sense to other people, for it to translate enough that people got it on some level, that feels like I've done something good. Um, yeah. <coughs> excuse me. And um, Can I jump in before you talk about? Please, please. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just going to tell you my opinion about whether or not it's selfish. And it's kind of a little bit of a... Almost, it's almost um, cliche at this point, but that idea that even if you made this art by yourself and didn't share it with anybody, but it was as healing of a process as it was for you, which 
is not the case because part of the healing process was sharing it with other people and like finishing it and doing the show. But even if it was just about comforting and making these, you know, creatures and, and all of that. And like, there are so many ways that you've described that that has been healing for you. Kind of going back to this cliche idea that, you know, if you, even if you do something completely selfishly to self care or whatever, to make yourself more whole, that's always going to benefit everybody around you because you are coming with capacity. You're coming with energy. You're coming with something to give and you're coming whole, more whole. So I think that the, just the fact that you find it healing alone is makes it not selfish. But then on top of that, you know, you are giving of yourself, you are sharing it. And that healing process that you experience, I think a lot of artists, feel like well if this was healing and comforting for me I hope it can be that for for other people too and you also described setting your show up almost like like setting up a dinner and inviting people in to eat and I feel like it's almost like a metaphor of learning how to cook really really well and feeding yourself and of course that benefits you but then having a dinner and inviting other people and yeah yeah but also that's, thank you for bringing that up because there was also something I was writing about that I really loved that made a lot of sense to me, which is artists are kind of facilitators of experiences. And it, as I keep speaking about it as a communal experience, multiple people with their strong skills, I found people with their skills and they were a part of it essentially. Like Josh was really good at like kind of um, making sure things got done and he was, he kind of got the ball rolling for me and found locations for me to check out and, you know, connected me with things I needed and was helping me come up with ideas. And, um, people at the gallery were helping me with hanging it. Josh was helping me hang it and Neil was helping me hang it and other volunteers and like Carlos with his technical skills. And like, it was like this circle of skills and they all got to partake in what they were good at. And, I think that that's kind of a cool thing. And so I feel like actually artists facilitate energetic motions and it keeps feeding off of itself. I keep talking about the synergistic self-sustaining energy um, because like with Monet is an important space for artists to show their work by me being there and bringing people in that brings in more people and, and more artists who will show there and that place stays open. And I want it to stay open because I want more artists to show there. We And then all of us doing that, we're bringing the arts to the forefront, which is a public service because I talk all the time about how the arts are not, we talk about what we're worth. You know, if we're in a society where right now the arts, it never has been really deemed a spiritual or a survival necessity, a survival, like we need it just for survival, which I actually, when I say survival, I don't necessarily mean, obviously we need food and water and, you know, shelter. And like, those are the first things, obviously, but art's up there too. Um, I mean, think about it. They were painting on caves, you know, like at the beginning of time. So when humans were here, so art has always been very essential and maybe we can't always put our finger on that. And maybe that's the point. It's about other aspects of ourselves that we don't, we can't, we can't always be logical about. And that's a part of us. Why would we ignore that? And so by supporting these art galleries by being a part of that, by facilitating an experience and then leading to the next one and the next one and the next one. We are keeping art at the forefront. And I think that that is a public service. So, yeah. I'm going to quote back to you 
artists facilitate energetic motions because I really like that. I like that phrase that you came up with right there. Yeah. I, I think it's so, so beautiful. Um, yeah. And it also, you said that it also gives you a chance working with these other people and working with art itself, I think gives you a chance to listen, um, yeah. which is kind of, there's almost something commun- communal and giving in that listening to your own nature, listening to what's trying to come through you and listening to other people as you create this baby. So I would like to relax into the moment of you having achieved this thing and give you a little silent clap here. You can see it (laughs) and I don't want to clap in the microphone, but I'm giving you a round of applause because I'm very, very proud of you and happy for you. And thank you everybody who got to come to your show and I'm bummed that I didn't get you, but I enjoyed the video pretending I was there. <laughs> um, and so let's just take this moment to get into, if you don't mind, what is, what do you think is next? You mentioned the Mollusk, Mollusk opening, and that's so fascinating to me because there's something about their hard little shells that's very protective and also beautiful. And that's opening is even more sharing and more vulnerable and more, you know, more colorful. And that's just what it symbolizes to me. Simply you saying that that's where you're you're headed. Um, So take it from there, if you will, and just tell me where you think your next stage is headed. You just blew my mind. Um, That's it. I think, I think that it's like, they're opening up. I'm changing. I'm about, I keep saying it, but I'm about to be 40. That seems significant to me. I think um, I will always love neutral tones and <clears throat> translucency and that will stay. But yes, the the mollusks are opening and I don't quite know where they're going yet, but the, the color pieces that I'm playing with in the video, um, they are going to be uh, contrasting with that softness and um, there's going to be motion there's going to be immersiveness. There's going to be sound. There's going to be me playing with Adobe <laughs> um, After Effects, I think. Um, and kind of, I think, I, I want to say I want to play with animating. And so I think that that's really where I'm going next. I, I, and I, I don't want to stop making the um, my pieces, like the flannel pieces at all. Um, there's another thing that happened at the last minute where I was working on one and I didn't want to add detail. It's just circles. There's no, it's just layering. And Rito actually helped me with some last minute balance things around that. Um, and I might play with some blank canvases too, but, and I'm also working with porcelain clay a little bit and making 3d versions of these mollusks, which interestingly I did in college too, but they were bronze. Um, and they were meant to be like pieces excavated from under the ground. So that was a lot of stuff I just said. I think mainly video, mainly color, but some old things will be there too. I just don't know what yet. And I think, you know, we're winding down the year. It's about to be over. School is about to be over. I'm going to have a good chunk of time off. And I'm really going to try and like turn everything. I can't turn everything off, but try and really step back so I can let things come forward um, and see where they end up. I, I have this little bit of fear, and I think this is a really honest thing of once you finish something, what will you do next? Do you have anything left? And I remember saying to one of my colleagues, like, I'm afraid he's an artist too. And I was like, I don't know what to do. What do I do next? He's like, do the next thing. And he's right. 
and I will be doing this. I think I'll be doing this till I can't anymore. And I have to, when you, when you talk about this whole thing where we were talking about, about my body and my mind and my health, they're connected. So I have to keep going. Right. Yeah. Um, I feel, I think writers, I think so many people, <clears throat> creative people, especially feel that like, Oh my gosh, was that all I had? Because <laughs> it's like, because it, when you create something, it's not there until it's there. So you, right. it's hard to logically be sure that you're going to be able to produce it out of nothing. And what is it going to look like? And I, like I said, I've been like, I've been working on some art, but commissioned art. Um, and I, it's, I'm always a little nervous when somebody's like, Oh, will you do this art for me? And I'm like, okay. I'm like, is it going to, is it going to work? Am I going to be able to do this thing? Cause it's like, yeah, you're not, there's not necessarily a step-by-step step that you know that you can just do mindlessly. If you aren't inspired, you have to tap in and listen, like you said, but luckily we're, you know, we, I think we're capable of that. We've probably shown ourselves many times that we could tap in and listen. And then that, and that's, to me, that's the next step. The next step isn't actually making the thing. The next step is tapping in and listening and, and, and that leads to that step of making and that can be on its own timeline to some extent but probably doing it more often helps <laughs> help helps it move and also taking breaks from it and stepping away from it um as well like you just said so um I had a thought which oh if you will allow me to <laughs> analyze <laughs> my ideas about your theme of where you're headed I'm thinking about how you said that you felt present and seen and like you're allowed to like almost just take up space. And I'm thinking about your kind of protected but beautiful mollusks being discovered way deep down. And I I don't know if this is how you see it, but I think of the seabird's dream as like the seabird is something that actually spends a lot of time in the in the sky and but also has access to the ocean and like going down into the depths, like must be what seabirds dream about because they are up in the sky all the time. And I feel like your work in this show is about a lot about emerging, just simply emerging, like from the depths, emerging and being seen. And the lights are like, it's not that it's not alive already. Cause if anything, those lights show you that it's alive and it's pulsing and there's a heartbeat behind it and magic behind it and life behind it that's you know glowing out at you softly and i i feel like that's the first step is emerging and existing and and unearthing and then when you say the next one is like what's inside the mollusks i feel like this also correlates to midlife of things i've experienced and thought about midlife is like you are building all these skills and all these like, like identity aspects in and, and then you get to midlife and hopefully you're at a place where then you're really doing it. Like you're, you're doing the career, or the family or whatever the heck you're, you know, whatever it is that you're settling into or, or working on. It's like a work. There's, there's a lot aliveness to midlife. I think where you're taking what has emerged in your life so far and you're like working it and it's, it's lit, it's very alive. And I feel like the fact that you like your mollusks are going to open up and color Jess color what in your I'm not just kidding I've seen color in your artwork but I know no you're I know you're right I know even in your outfits and your decor like you do use color but you're very particular about it it, you, it is not rainbows everywhere in your house no, I'm so, annoying so, so to yeah. imagine that you have these mollusks opening up and 
spilling color out in I'm sure a very careful way intentional way but then like it just feels like an interplay and a a liveness that is just next level and that is what my interpretation of what you just said you're heading into is so I don't I hope that is not far off because no I mean it helps me I mean like I was saying um getting someone looking at it and sharing their interpretation is so illuminating when you said this I haven't even I just on a whim named it the seabird's dream it felt right and I never really thought about it till right now I need to write about that now (laughs) about what it's dreaming about and I love you said he must be dreaming or they it must be dreaming about that's what it dreams about you know and what why is that you know and am I the seabird you know I don't you know I don't know or am I both you know or is it about me I you know I don't know so it's but it is some kind of self-portrait, isn't it? It is a reflection. Um, yeah, the seabird might be you on the surface and the mm-hmm. mystery of the dream is like what's beneath and what's what's below. I don't know if that's my that's, analysis. I've been listening to some Jungian dream analysis lately. Oh, we have to – that's a story for another time. Yeah. Um, I think this is a good, like, closing time. Um, is there anything else you feel like – we should cover before I, we close down. Um, I think we got to absolutely everything that I had written down as far as themes and favorite quotes. Um, I'm just looking over. I, yeah, you mentioned like that this is like your, your voice and your vision being seen. I think we, I think we hit upon that already with, yeah present um yeah no I think that this is a great place to end and I just want to say that I hope that listeners enjoyed the tiny little clip cloppy sounds of my dogs walking around (laughs) on the hardwood floor because I'm almost positive that the mic must have picked up all the commotion (laughs) so I hope they might that (laughs) they might hear it but Bjorn tends to be able to get those out so he might get it out yeah okay Okay. Well, I'm surrounded by little doggies walking around. So whether you can hear them or not, here they are. Um, Sending love to everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Vanessa, thank you for um, popping on for this little surprise um, interview. I I really appreciate you um, spending time with me as I, to help me reflect. It really is helpful for me. And um, I hope that it's inspiring to other people in some way. So um, with that, I'm going to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, I will have links and um, other things we spoke about in the show notes for you to look at. And please stay tuned. More episodes are coming. Um, the music we use for our podcast is called Whimsical Aliens. And Alejandro Bernard wrote and performed it. And he is from Ithaca, New York. Please subscribe and like his music tutorials on YouTube. And he also has a Patreon you can support him on. And as always, thank you, Bjorn, for editing and producing these and making them sound amazing. Um, So until next time, have a wonderful night or morning wherever you are and goodbye. Thank you. Bye.